Today we've been investigating wisdom power. I suggested that we look at the theme of wisdom through the Noble Eightfold Pathway, the practices and understanding of right view and right intention. I want to elaborate on that just a little bit with some comments, a little bit of interesting pieces that I found in doing some research just on the, the word wisdom itself. You know, what, what is this? Well, I found that the word itself is a noun. So some of the ways that might, it might show up uh, in just normal language are, uh, he had the wisdom to stop before he said too much. I fail to see the wisdom in doing that. These stories offer plenty of wisdom to readers. Hearing the usage of the word in normal language, we understand something, but what is it that we can taste or touch or feel? Maybe some of you who know uh, grammar is isn't a noun a, a person place or thing what is wisdom a person a place a thing I looked up uh, wisdom on uh, Wikipedia just just for the fun of it actually they have a whole wikiversity course on wisdom A short definition here from Wikipedia. Wisdom is the judicious study and application of knowledge. Ah. It is a deep understanding and realization of people, things, events, or situations, resulting in the ability to apply perceptions, judgments, and actions in keeping with this understanding. It often requires control of one's emotional reactions so that universal principles and knowledge prevail to determine our action. Wisdom is also the comprehension of what is true coupled with optimum optimum judgment as to action. Some of the synonyms for the word itself are discernment, insight, intelligence, reason. We're familiar with these words, aren't we? Wisdom shows up in various ways, both spiritual practices, philosophical practices, psychological, educational. So a philosophical uh, perspective on wisdom says, a basic definition of wisdom is the use of knowledge. 
The opposite of wisdom is folly. So in our practices, you've probably heard delusion. That would be equivalent to folly. Many of the indigenous cultures have uh, what is called the wisdom keepers, right? So in the Inuit tradition, developing wisdom was one of the aims of teaching. An Inuit elder said that a person became wise when they could see what needed to be done and do it successfully without being told what to do. Have you had that experience, perhaps? You know, you know what that is? The Native Americans' philosophy about being a part of the natural environment contrasted to the European culture of conquering nature's gifts, where the Native Americans' wisdom maintained balance ecologically and socially. They have a common sense approach to protecting and conserving natural resources, that being part of their practice of wisdom. This particular site even referred to some of the ways that wisdom shows up in Buddhism. Let's see what those look like from Wikipedia. Buddhist scriptures teach that a wise person is endowed with good bodily conduct, good verbal conduct, and good mental conduct. A wise person does actions that are unpleasant to do but give good results and doesn't do actions that are pleasant to do but give bad results. Wisdom is the antidote to the self-chosen poison of ignorance. You may be familiar with another practice in this tradition of Buddhism that is sometimes given um, the recollection of the Buddha. In that practice, we learn uh, that the Buddha had immaculate purity, vast wisdom, Boundless compassion. Buddhism is considered one of the wisdom traditions of the world. It shows up in many of the uh, Dharma teachings, the handout for today, the Noble Eightfold Path being one. It's one of the ten perfections, the paramis, and it's one of the five faculties, the others being confidence, energy, mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom. This word shows up over and over again. 
So what did it mean that the Buddha had perfect wisdom? One aspect of that that I'm familiar with is that he could teach in a way that each person could hear and learn from what he was saying. His teachings were deep, vast, and luminous. They penetrated deeply into people's minds without obstruction. In his book, The Issue at Hand, Gil Fransdahl has some recommended ways of developing wisdom. He says that uh, to develop wisdom, there are three things we can do. We can learn, learn about the Dharma. We can reflect. And we can meditate. Studying the Dharma is, is in itself a valuable practice. Reflecting on or thinking about important themes from the Dharma as they relate to your life helps to cultivate a deeper knowing of wisdom. So the Four Noble Truths, the Noble Eightfold Path, understanding impermanence, not self, dissatisfaction. Mindfulness and wisdom are so closely related, I'm not sure we can distinguish where one leaves off and the other begins. Our mindfulness meditation practice develops the mind so that we can see deeply into our experiences. We see what causes suffering. What is a beneficial resolution? Mindfulness meditation clarifies the mind to see more clearly. But mindfulness alone is not enough. We need the development of wisdom and compassion. Mindfulness supports this development and the expression of wisdom. Analio, a current, actually alive monk from Germany, says we must have clear knowing mindfulness before wisdom can develop. Clear knowing of what? What is happening? Wisdom knowing is the presence of discriminative understanding. It's a penetrative type of deep understanding. Wisdom comes when the heart and mind are not clinging to nor resisting what is occurring in our experience. We turn and face whatever is occurring inside. We respond to that knock on the door. 
Hello, I'm here. A thought, a feeling. Seeing what is present brings knowledge. It informs us of the appropriate action that is called for. That reminds me of that statement of the Inuit elders. They see what needs to be done and they go about doing it without being told. The body and the heart are engaged when wisdom power is present. Those of you in uh, the Walking the Path group, I know you've been reading uh, Achan Brahm's book, and we'll discuss that more later, but I I did like several of the things that he mentioned uh, in this chapter on wisdom power. He suggests just watch and don't get involved. Watch what's occurring. Watch what's arising for you. This helps to create the cause for wisdom to arise. We use letting go, kindness, and compassion. We meditate to let go, to be free. Our attitude with what occurs in meditation is more important than the situation itself. We use discriminating wisdom to establish right intention. For example, when we see that our happiness is not dependent on external circumstances, we gain more ease in our lives. The external world will never bring ultimate happiness, I'm sorry to say. Another teacher, Aya Kema, she's no longer alive, in her book, um, Being Nobody, Going Nowhere, suggests that wisdom arises from inner purification and transformation. We have to learn to gain knowledge. That knowledge has to be digested and then applied to our lives. The central characteristic of present moment awareness or mindfulness with wisdom tells us to be diligent, know clearly, be mindful and equanimous. We see what is present internally and externally, what's arising and passing away, what is known. And we remain detached. Desire, aversion, distractions are merely messengers of change or impermanence. We return to our friend, the body the body in this moment. The Dhammapada is another resource that has many different kinds of teachings, including references to wise people. I just want to read uh, a couple of them. 
This is in the chapter called The Just, J-U-S-T. One is not just who judges a case hastily. A wise person considers both what is and isn't right. Guiding others without force, impartiality, and in accord with the Dharma, one is called a guardian of the Dharma, intelligent and just. One is not wise only because one speaks a lot. One who is peaceful, without hate, and fearless is said to be wise. One who is peaceful, without hate, and fearless is said to be wise. And I really must read this one. Gray hair does not make one an elder. Someone ripe only in years is called an old fool. It's through truth, dharma, harmlessness, restraint, and self-control that the wise one, purged of impurities, is called an elder. Relative to doing practices that can cultivate wisdom, Achan Brahm suggests stop, focus, and remind yourself that this is just the nature of things, just a process of cause and effect. It's not your problem. Investigate and understand whatever you experience, just stay with it. When we are too close to experience, we own it and become it. Be content in this moment, free of the past. Don't take the past seriously. Don't allow anything to stick. Allow things to disappear. Wisdom leads to peace and stillness. My question to you is, how have you seen wisdom develop in your life? What are some of the markers that show wisdom. What, have, what has helped that to occur? Has the Dharma helped to inform your understanding and your actions in day-to-day -day life? So I look forward to exploring this topic further later this afternoon with those of you in the Walking the Path group. We'll take just a few minutes of silence, let all of the words settle, 
and then we will have a short walking period. So let's stay still and silent uh, and I'll ring the bell for walking. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.